It's that time again. No, not tool time. It's never tool time. That wasn't even a real show. It's time to talk about homebrewing. We brought in our sometimes co-host Casey to teach us more on how to brew. So, come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> and our guest, Casey Price. <laughs> He's always around. And if you didn't get the reference from the intro, then just turn it off. <laughs> go, go get no, Noggin, whatever the channel is. I mean, no, they're old enough to drink now. You know what's sad is that prob- that show's probably on Nick at Night at this point. It is. It is, it is actually. actually it was on Nick, on that, like, Nick at Night like a few years back. Oh, well, I did. I did see an update that Jonathan Taylor Thomas this year turned the same age that um, that Tim Allen was when he started the show. Oh. I, I want to continue this and never mention the name of the show. <laughs> that that sounds good to me. Yeah, you, okay. just, you should just know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> anyway, how did I suddenly start wearing plaid? <laughs> and why can't we? Why can we only see your eyes? It's I don't weird. think so, Tim. <laughs> all right all right so what have you guys been up to uh not much a whole lot of work uh i i start my vacation this week Woo-hoo. So. yes that's gotta be good indeed you do <laughs> casey what have you been up to? i feel like you were doing something just earlier today <laughs> yeah well we saw each other over the weekend which was which was quite a good time you know and we had a few discussions about what uh but you mean we, pale face. That, that's true. Um, Chris and Brittany stopped by, and uh, we shared a few mixed drinks. It wasn't just beer this time. It was a few mixed drinks. Um, inspired by Modern Rogue when Casey yeah. was just like, I have all these ingredients, and runs, <laughs> jumps up from the couch. Uh, yeah, it was great. I just bought a couple bags of limes and lemons that earlier in the day, so um, we all had fresh citrus, and, and we're able to make all kinds of nice drinks, including the spe- special cherry, the... Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's somewhere cherries. on this in this state that you're going to find special, expensive, hard to find cherries. It's Casey's house. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not see a them. Store. Yeah, Casey's house. Yeah, we uh, we made sure that the, the drinks were especially two point. So uh, yeah, they were um, all of the ones that I had, and I don't even remember um, one of them very well. I. I've never been drunk in front of my parents, and when we got back to mom and dad's, I had trouble walking to the, the house. She was staggering, and her dad's like, what's wrong? And then he just kind of stops, and he goes, is she drunk? <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, yep. <laughs> it's when she should have said, I'm not as drunk as you, I'm not as drunk as you 
No. Think as you drunk I am. That, that's the correct way to put that. <laughs> the correct wrong way to say that, yes. I no, it was implied it with the fact that she couldn't walk without assistance. I was just, like, talking a lot. <laughs> oh. It was great. I wonder how that is when you're drunk and incessantly talking. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> But but no, all the drinks were very good, and that it's pro- I, I've never had a whiskey sour before that, and that was absolutely one. delicious. Yeah, we made it with the with the egg white, so you know now you got a little vitamin in there too. Mm. Shaken, shaken, yes, not, I, you not know what? Uh, stirred yeah. as we had heard someone had tried before. It's like, Ooh, oh God, that, no! That wasn't me, <laughs> but that was a friend of mine that said, "Like, oh, maybe the problem was that we stirred it." And I was like, "Yeah." You think? <laughs> yes, it was actually. Um, it's not rockets. You know, I think we're actually. I'm going to go ahead and link to the modern rogue stuff on our um, resources page of the website. They have a. I think they have a whole playlist that's just their their drinking. Yes, that's yeah, what that's, we happened it's, it's into. Really, it's really cool, and all I, all I can say is, too, I want to go to a speakeasy. Oh my god, I no, want to go to the steampunk saloon. No, it was the peekaboo is what I want to go to. That's what the thing was where it's um, rotating. Like, it's never in the same place, the bar, oh, and it's okay, the password yeah. changes, like, weekly or whatever, and you have to know someone to get you in. We need to make friends yeah. with that bartender, quite frankly. All right, so we, we're, we're, we're diverting Tangent. from the, yes. the thing Casey did today. Oh, yeah. So, earlier today, um, we had talked about it yesterday and during our, our drunken states, and we decided that it would be a good idea for me to start up and do a little bit of a Twitch channel on the Twitch Creative and try to do a little bit of home brewing on that uh, platform. So I started up today and we, we started doing, or I started doing a, uh, a little bit of a Twitch, Twitch creative channel talking about the, the brewing processes and some of the ways that I pr- go through the process of preparing of, to brew a beer. Um, if anybody wants to check that out, the Twitch channel is my gamer tag, which is Mort Chateau and M O R T C H A T E A U. We'll link it on the, on the show notes. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the channel basically. Yeah, the the channel should be linked because uh, as soon as I saw he was streaming today, uh, I posted it on my personal Twitter and I posted it on the show's Facebook page. That's right, right, yeah. yeah and so. then you hopped in there for uh, the first first recording that I did, which didn't actually record. Oh, uh, so I jumped back in and did a, a second version for the archive. Uh, okay. Uh, I was hoping that that my. Uh, uh, my heckling would have stayed in there. <laughs> it's definitely still in the chat. I didn't clear that out. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, it yeah. Was... So the the plan is that uh, I'll do a couple episodes a week doing just beer planning, and then one day a week I'll probably do a brewing episode. That's that's a little um, high considering the amount of commitment, but that's that's the dream is to do three three a week and do one of those a brewing episode every week. Uh, probably not a full 15-gallon batch like I normally do, but it would be nice to do maybe little stovetop batches. And that's where you come in this week, Bob. <laughs> yeah, my since I have vacation, I'm, I'm heading back to, to my ancestral homelands, <laughs> back to the mountains. And uh, I was going to go see some family, but while I was in, we've been working out a plan with Casey for, for us to brew, for me to brew for my very first time. Yeah, and um, I'm going to try to set it up so that it's a brew in a bag method so that you are able to do what you really like. I know that was really something that you um, latched onto when we went to the brew. Well, I Expo. latched onto it because I had it, it seemed partially feasible for me as opposed to uh, in my small apartment trying to build like a three-vat system <laughs> right. and 
Oh, we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get you started on something like that. And I'm trying to make it so it's brewing about three gallons. So it's something that you could take back and do in your apartment if you wanted to. Mm. That's but, cool. Yeah, so we, <laughs> the, the Casey's got a new, a new Twitch stream. So f- please go check it out. Um, he's going to be archiving the stuff, but, yeah. uh, go ahead give him a follow. Uh, so you'll know when he, when he pops back up. Yes, uh, kind of surprised us because we were on our way home when he's just like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going ahead with that Twitch thing, going live, <laughs> like, right now. And it's like, we didn't have any signal. It's like, oh, crap. So from now on, we'll pro- as he goes live, we will uh, put the links out on Twitter and everything from the show account as well. So it's a Plus, little- there's that there's that, that Twitch Prime thing. So yes, like- yes, go ahead and uh, yeah. if you happen to have Amazon Prime, then you have a Twitch Prime account. And you can go ahead and subscribe to Casey's Brewing. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be neat. We'll see how it goes. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more episodes out there and be going pretty regular on that. Your balloons are distracting. Oh, I'm sorry. She hey, has birthday balloons because somebody had a birthday last week. <laughs> mm, that's right. There's a giant one in the shape of a cupcake. Uh, yeah, my, my mm. boss got me those. She tied them to her chair, so they've just been floating. In I there. didn't know what else to do with them. Like, what do you? They're giant balloons. Like, I'm just like, well, I can't just like leave them about, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can just put them in, you know, lit crisp with them in random spots throughout the house, so you're surprised every time. <laughs> oh God! So I believe there something else may have happened uh, over the past week. Right. In, nope, nothing. Nothing in important world. in the world of beer happened. Oh, no, nothing. I, I'm wrong on this. There wasn't. There wasn't no. anything important. There's nothing great nor American about beer happening in any kind of festival. Oh, so you mean we didn't miss the best beer festival in the country by like three weeks when we were in Denver? <laughs> mm. No. No, you didn't. You were there. God, I wish. When it, when it hypothetically didn't happen. Mm. Okay, we're talking about the Great American Beer Festival. <laughs> For those of you not in the know, uh, it's pretty or much... Or you confused by, by my inane jabbering. <laughs> It is the show uh, when it comes to beer from and in this country. I mean, this what about, is... What about beer from Russia? I don't know. Is there an import category? Hmm, One would assume know? there probably shouldn't be. I'm, I'm thinking not. I haven't the slightest. I'm going to say no. When I try to search the page of, of winners, there's nothing for import. Okay. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's great American. Like, what are you gonna? Right. There's styles, so yeah, no, it's it's all craft beer. Well, for the most part, craft beer from here in the good old U.S. of A. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> okay. Um, usually, they're the names that usually stick out on this and your winner list. The at least metal are going to be the breweries you've heard of. And that Founders, Stone, all these big names. But this year's, those were pretty much all missing. It was all no, I want to say no names, but that's not, I mean, they're obviously brewing great beer, and I'm sure in their local regions, they are very well known. I saw one Founders. There's... Yeah, there were, like I said, there were a couple, but it's usually like the dominant. Yeah, you can okay, go, yeah. You can flip through there and find a ton of breweries that you know. This is not the case this year. Uh, quick question: What's the uh, what's the traditional color for coming in second place? Silver. Like silver. Uh, like if you were getting ribbons, like blue would be oh. 
crap. I white? It'd be like, is, it white? is it white? Is it red? I don't Blue, know. white, then red, I think. Okay. Yeah, I okay. I was just saying, because I'm looking down the list, and the Paps Brewing Company got silver. I was like, so can we change them to Pat's White Ribbon Beer? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But No, um, of those kind of breweries, there was uh, the biggest winner out of uh, the GABF was... Um, I just drew a blank. Fathead. <laughs> Fathead, yes. We went to their brewery in Portland on our trip. Oh, yeah. And they came away with four medals. I don't think, I think there was like one other brewery that got close to that. I think someone got three. But they were one of the big winners out. And everyone else, I mean, it would just be like one here, one there. Uh, I think left hand meddled with the uh, fade to black. The couple from the Georgetown Brewing Company, they, the one I'm staring at right now is their uh, Gusto Crema, where they got gold for uh, their coffee beer, but mm. they, they meddled in something else. Yeah, I uh, also remembered seeing, um, oh, what's their name? Devil's Backbone. Oh, yes. From Virginia, West Virginia? Virginia. 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 Yeah, yeah, they meddled. Um, they actually won again with the Vienna Lager, which is placed first uh, in that same category a few times now. Yeah. But now, um, since they've been the, bought up, moving forward, uh, their parent company, that's in, you know, whatever the bylaws or how have you of judging, they, because they're now owned by AB InBev, they're lumped in with all of the breweries under that name. And mm. anyone under that name or that's owned by AB InBev can only win, what is it, like four medals total? Mm. It looks like they won two this year. One for the Baltic Porter and then one for uh, the Vienna Lager. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, Danzig. Yeah. So moving forward, that's going to limit their qualifications for this. That sucks. At least in being considered for an award. They can still you know, be there with a showing, but all of the brands under AB InBev, it's like the, out of all of them, they can only win like four awards. Hmm. Yeah, Looks like El Soli got uh, the gold award. We got that one at the. It was from Twenty First Amendment that American style cream oh, ale. Yeah. Actually, it's listed that. as a cream ale, but it's a Mexican style lager. Is what it? I think mm. what it was actually originally created as. <laughs> they started funny. one thing like, I mean, we got a cream ale, man. <laughs> to the, All right. Well, to that point about the make yeah. better beer. Uh, to that point about the numbers, it's crazy because I'm trying to look look up like just the you know control F on the page essentially. But Oma Gang only won one for their Whit Beer. Founders only won one, and that was for um, uh, their Redankulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the big ones, there's just hardly anything. Yeah, and I gotta say, I want to try this uh, beer from the Surly Brewing Company. Uh, company Barrel Age Darkness, the gold winner for Wood Aged and Barrel Aged Strong Stout. Well, one thing I thought was interesting, uh, BJ's Brew House. I don't. Uh, we have them in this area. It's a brewery and restaurant chain, and they won two medals, which was, I mean, that was kind of a revelation that they're actually, you know, they're winning awards for their beers, and because we always just perceived it as a, you know, fairly nice restaurant to go to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, ga- gastro pubs. How dogfish head started? Yeah, their um, their uh, fruit beer actually got gold. 
Hmm. So good for them. Very nice. Yeah, there was. Uh, you can find a bunch of good articles about uh, this year's GABF by the numbers. They were saying the the there was one new category this year, and as everyone had predicted, it was for the the hazy like historical uh, northeast IPAs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so they had to add that category this year, and they also saw a drop in the number of IPA submissions overall. Hmm. Which, uh, well, <laughs> people don't know. They're moving away from that. Yeah, um, they're trending away from this massive IPA thing. It was a small drop, but it's starting to drop, and we're seeing new IPA categories be added. So that might yeah. be it. I'm, I'm sure that double IPAs were higher than normal if IPAs dropped. Um, just because that's where everyone tends to be going. Yeah, um, but the massive awards this year that came out, uh, the Champion Breweries, you have Small Brew Pub and Small Brew Pub Brewer of the Year went to Zwanzig's Brewing in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, you have Midsize Brew Pub, which went to Boxing Bear Brewing Company mm-hmm. out of Albuquerque. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, large brew pub went to Austin Beer Garden Brewing Company out of, go ahead and guess, Austin, Texas. Um, very small brewing company went to Brown Truck Brewery out of High Point, North Carolina. Small brewing company and small brewing company brewer of the year went to Uber Brew, Uber brew out of Billings, <laughs> Montana. Who got two golds, a silver, and a bronze? Looks like for an imperial IPA um, and an American style wheat beer with yeast. Mm. And then the silver was in double red ale, and the bronze was in American style black ale. Wow. All right. Uh, then we have Midsize Brewing Company and Midsize, Midsize Brewing Company Beans. Brewer of the Year went to Carl Strauss Brewing Company out of San Diego, California. And Large Brewing Company and Large Brewing Company Brewer of the Year went to Pabst Brewing Company. This was one of those big ones. Not really an upset, but there's a lot of articles floating around like, oh, maybe those hipsters are on to something. No. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> yeah, the Pabst, Bob, I was just, or Justin, I was just looking at this. The old style lager, one that got silver. But luckily, we can keep it because the PBR, the traditional Pabst Blue Ribbon, got the gold. In in the category American style lager, or ice lager, or malt liquor, malt or liquor. malt liquor. Ah, <laughs> oh, so where they were putting it no, under that then? Okay. No, could I want Mickey's to win that one year? <laughs> Mickey's fine malt liquor. Jeez, just look for the little green grenade. Who are these oh, people? Why are they giving these? Why are they keep giving these people blue ribbons? <laughs> <laughs> They're just on the street corner handing them out. Okay, yeah, I so- want to know. Who got the straw? Okay, so they volunteered or they were picked to, to judge the Great American Beer Festival, and they're so excited and they're so pumped about it. And then you get to your competition level, and you're like, oh, you get the malt liquor category. <laughs> Thanks. And you're just like, wow. You, they, start, you just start doing the Billy D. Uh, Billy D. Williams thing. You start doing the Colt 45 commercials yeah. <laughs> to all your other judges as they, they just hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get everyone has their own taste. I just feel like whoever always gets the barrel-aged or the imperial stout category is just the luckiest SOB. (laughs) And they're probably tanked by the end of it. Sorry, I just saw 50 West. A Cincinnati one won. They were the only Mm -hmm. Cincinnati brewery to medal. 
Yeah, they got bronze, but still. For their Scotch Ale, which they are putting on special tap, I think, Tuesday? Huh. No, tomorrow, Monday. Like, it's the worst day ever for us to try and get up there and try it. <laughs> and I think they know that it's like a Monday, so like, oh, our business is terrible on Mondays. Let's retap this on Monday so we can stir up some business. No, mm-hmm. that's not how that works. It's a good idea on their part. I just don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. So, yeah, the, those were the big winners. Uh, tons and tons. You can look at all the medals. I mean, how many categories is it? It's like 100 and, Lots. what, 130-something? That's nuts. But the, pa- the page just keeps scrolling down. I, I haven't gotten to the bottom yet, and I started before the episode began. 286 divided by 3, whatever that's going to be. I yeah, guess. that's all the winners. But uh, there was a bit of a controversy in mid-size brewing, uh, when I said it was Carl Strauss Brewing Company, that was not the one they initially announced and gave the medal to. This sounds an awful lot like breaking news. It so. does, so we're going to go ahead and start into news then. <coughs> so, the initial winner was Fatheads Brewery. And then after they looked through and I guess realized, oh, Fatheads has four locations, uh, they were stripped of their metal. So initially Fatheads was named Midsize Brewing Company and Midsize Brewing Company Brewer of the Year. Uh, sometime after the, uh, after the announcements, the judge instead gave the honor to Carl Strauss. Yes, uh, a review of how breweries are classified has cost Fatheads Brewery a prestigious award won at the annual Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Initially, Fatheads was named Midsize Brewing Company and Midsize Brewing Company Thanks Brewer of the Year on Saturday in the finale of the three-day event but sometime after results were announced in the mid-afternoon judges instead gave the honor to carl strauss brewing company of san diego what is at the crux of the changes is the size of specific breweries especially those like fatheads that have multiple locations fatheads bre- fatheads brews beer in i don't know why i was reading that weird fatheads brews beer in north olmstead middlesburg heights and portland Ohio. Yes. Well, Portland, Portland is Oregon. Oregon. Beer. Actually, it's a, their uh, their website it's it gives the general like next closest big city thing. So it's Cleveland, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, they're in Portland, Oregon too. Yeah, that's no, where yeah, we, that's where we went on our trip. We dropped oh, into the brewery okay. there for a couple drinks because we didn't know it. In Ohio. We went to get sushi, <laughs> no. and like we leaned out the window at the sushi restaurant, and I was like, I can see a giant sign from here that says Fatheads on it. <laughs> and we opened up Google, and was like, sure enough, they have a brewery in Portland. And I was like, well, we're going there. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does say, apparently, the rules say if you have a conglomerate of breweries, it refers to the largest. Multiple locations uh, have to compete at the same level. And said Matt Cole, Fathead's brewmaster and owner. But the problem with that is it doesn't reflect us. Yeah, that the, the basic it, it these rules kind of prevent a Budweiser from coming in with a small offshooting brewery that just produces, you know, right. a thousand b- barrels a month or a year and they'll come out and compete against the small breweries whereas if they're producing that they have to compete underneath the large brewery category because it's, it would just be unfair to categorize them any smaller. Yeah. So, but what, 
I mean, why didn't this just bump out the one who won the large? Like, if they're already going to pick Fathead anyway... Because when you put it into that comparison, Fathead wouldn't have won large. Oh, okay. Or maybe it would have, but it wasn't in the running for it. Could have been? It it possibly could have beaten it, but it wasn't in the same... It wasn't submitted in that category, so they didn't judge it against the other Right, and they have amended, like, they went in and took a hard look at the category and to make sure this is fair, but they... It is their fault for not realizing the mistake. Not Fathead, it's GABF's fault for not realizing they were entered in the wrong category. Because it's even come out like this is, it's really confusing when you're filling out the paperwork for the, to enter for these awards. And it was a simple clerical error that the GABF has, to my understanding, not stood up and said, sorry guys, are bad. The best thing, it's not great at all, but like the, the, the funniest thing to come out of this was Fathead tweeted the th- um, the picture of Steve Harvey from the uh, the Miss America oh pageant, my. and it says, "Survey says I'm gonna need that crown back." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they still won. I mean, four medals. Like they did very well, and this was really the icing on the cake that just kind of drove it home of how great a brewery they are right now, because they have been rising in the ranks in the background in the past few years. They've not been, you know, one of the big names up front, but they. I mean, after this year, they've just bust onto the scene pretty much everywhere. Yeah, this was sort of kind of them publicly busting through the wall going, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess see, it's the just the fathead guy. I don't know if they have a name yeah, for the mascot. Either. He just has that big jolly smile. He's like <laughs> busting through. Oh, yeah. Here's a beer. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, they still won, what, four or five other awards. So yeah. they're still doing pretty well. Yeah, so fatheads won... Five awards in total, but they only got one gold, where Boxing Bear won two awards, but both of those were gold. So that may have been where they lost Hmm. the... They won the most awards, but lost the category. Yeah, Strauss won three medals, I think is what it was, as well. Mm -hmm. Like So when their replacement was coming in. I don't know. It it was a lose-lose for everyone involved. I mean, no one wants to be the one to come and go, oh, yeah, that award we gave you, kind of need that back. Yeah. I mean, even the guy they replaced it with now has that has that award knowing he only won because deep stipulation. Like a, yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, it's a stipulation that, you know, changed the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll um I'll link the... Uh, Fathead distributes a lot of the... Pl- around the places that they are located anyway. They're, like their distribution goes pretty wide. I'm gonna go ahead and link their their website, and they've got a, a list of the ones that won on there too, um, and like where to find them and stuff. So they've won, they've won a lot over the years, actually. Like they've uh, they've got them all highlighted on this page, and I'm like, wow. And I didn't even know some of these existed. Didn't uh, oh what was it? The one I had in Portland from the IBUSIV, yeah, yeah, the IBUSIV. I had that one there, and that meddled, and it that was a really good one. I like that one a lot. Saying something from someone who's not big on IPAs. <laughs> All right. That's enough about JBF and uh, Fathead. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Stone. Um, some of you may be aware of some happenings coming out. They're building, of... they're building more hotels. No. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, maybe they shouldn't have done that. 
Reports are circulating that Stone Brewing has allegedly, well, it's not even allegedly, uh, this article is now, anything's out of date because this is just started like two days ago. Uh, Stone has allegedly laid off dozens of employees. In fact, uh, the count is 80 plus right now this morning at their main location in North County, San Diego. Uh, while we have not yeah. been able to determine the cause of this bulk layoff, we have heard this may be part of an organizational restructuring. Of note, Stone's longtime receptionist uh, at San Diego, coordinator for International Women's Brew Day in San Diego, uh, Denise Ratfield, was one of the casualties. Yeah, um, they have a statement. Well, not really a statement. They just went to her social media, and she had posted it, and they just lifted it. As a quote, um, there's not a whole lot, just 100% concrete. There is the statement from Stone. says, due to an unforeseen slowdown in our consistent growth and changes in the craft beer landscape, we've had to make the difficult decision to restructure our staff. Unfortunately, this comes despite a year that includes the incredible accomplishments of opening two new breweries, which are ultimately expanding the availability of stone beers and boosting the reputation of American craft beer in Europe. Uh, more recently, yeah. however, the large independent craft segment has developed tremendous pressure, uh, specifically the onset of greater pressures from big beer as a result of the acquisition strategies and the further proliferation of small, hyper-local breweries has yep. slowed growth. Yeah, that I think that has more to do with it than anything else. I don't think that the buying up of these big breweries is pushing into Stone's beer as much. Whenever I was a dabbling into craft beer, Stone Brewing wasn't someplace that I went because it was just too hard for me. Um, <clears throat> they use hops like crazy and want to absolutely destroy your palate, which I love. Um, yeah, that's how they whenever, made their name. Where they, they don't, you, you they don't really make those or you beers. love the destruction of your palate. <laughs> uh, I love the way that it is destroyed. It's a beautiful sunset. Okay. They just right. attacked um, it. What's that? They just attacked it back in the old days. All their beers were. That's like, yeah, I had a couple like, of them, and I was like, I cannot handle this, and I just started staying away, and then my palate kind of changed, and I guess they kind of toned it down some, and now I'm pretty into stone. Yeah, so you run in like from like a blue moon over to stone brewing stuff, and it's like night and day. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember my first stone, so... Definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely there. Uh, but you, I, I think the second point that they made really hits at home. We talked about this a little while back. Breweries are that become big and become multinational. They become out of vogue, I guess you could say, and they're not the cool, hip, new thing. Uh, everyone, wants, everyone wants to drink local. Exactly, and Stone Brewing's only local to a few places, so. Whenever you look at these local breweries in your own area, they're the ones that are hitting up. They're the ones that are taking in all of the the local craft beer drinkers, the ones that are spending hundreds of dollars a paycheck on beer, and that's not going to Stone anymore, who used to be the big dog in in the U.S. Yeah, there it's it's because we've talked about how how the the explosion of new breweries popping up all the time and shutting down because you know. Yeah all this explosive mm-hmm. explosive uh, uh development into it like you're, you're still going to get a lot of people who are like oh this business is great uh, and you're we're, we're out of money so we're done here yeah yeah uh, there's um, been cincinnati but, there's been a new brewery open every weekend for like the past two months in the cincinnati area and then we drove past 
another one in Newport. Like they had the signage up and they're still converting the building. It used to be an old taxi company. And there's going to be another brewery opening up like just a mile away from us. And it's like, this is right. getting a little and, insane around here. And not all of them are going to last. And so, But while they're popping up, people are going to be buying stuff from these rather than buying stuff from, you know, old craft favorites like Stone. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sad, but, I mean, it's the way that things are going to be going. Stone should have seen this a little bit further out, I think. Um, they should have known that as they got to a certain size, they couldn't continuously grow. Uh, I think when we talked about this before, we were talking about Sierra Nevada and how we should be afraid for them. I think Sam Adams is going to be okay because they're not a hardcore beer. There's so many people that just go into a bar and get a Sam Adams. It's almost as ubiquitous as, um, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's Yeah, it's that, that you know, quote, craft beer that is is everywhere. If if you can't find any other craft beer in a place, odds are they've got Sam Adams. Yeah, right. no matter where you roll into, it's going to be one of those. You can get a Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light, or Sam Adams. Like, that's going to be what you're going to find. And your stone beer drinkers are the ones that are more likely to not be drinking towards Sam Adams, but to switch to whatever the newest and hippest thing is on the market, I think. There, I mean, are, sure there are some people that, that do, you know, love sure. stone stuff, and they go seek it out, but... Yeah. The majority of their their public, the majority of the people buying their stuff are the people who are looking for the the new, the new hotness. Yeah, it, the the accessibility of stone has actually been one of their downfalls because it's not hard to find. You you pass it up on the shelves, right, Chris? Yeah, um, and they're kind of pushing this seasonal creep. I don't know if you all saw it, uh, but over the past couple weeks, their winter beer is already on shelves and selling out <laughs> like mad around here. I have no idea how to say it. I know it starts with an X, but it's uh, a milk stout with cinnamon and all this stuff in it. And I'm dying to get it, but it's not the season for it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that we're not excited for it, because we totally are. Every season in its own time. We have a ton of pumpkin beer that, to us, is just getting to be that season. And all the pumpkin beer is off the shelves almost now. It is like they've stopped restocking it. When it's gone, it's gone. That's what, well, I'm glad I have a nice little stockpile, because I haven't even started drinking it yet. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But this is still, uh, I mean, it's a sad, there's 80 plus people, uh, approximately 5% of their workforce is what they had to let go. And uh, social media, they uh, gave all their employees, I don't know if it was worldwide or just in the affected areas, uh, the weekend off to deal with this and <laughs> contemplate. Like that's, they, they tweeted all this out. That they were all taking the weekend off to deal with these so layoffs. Come back, so they can come back and find out they too have been fired. <laughs> my thought was taking their job. My thought was, hmm, are they getting this weekend off paid, or right. they just, or is it another cost cutting measure? We're like, well, let's just get, let's just you know send everyone home for the weekend and say, and you know put a nice little bow on this. We're like, but we're actually saving however many millions. <laughs> yep. Um. Just okay. I just found it. It's Zocovesa, and it is Stone's apparently like alcoholic equivalent equivalent to Mexican hot chocolate. I'm fine with this. And it's um, it's the winter spiced mocha stout. So it's got coffee, mm-hmm. peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, and milk sugar, and cocoa. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> 
It sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, they try and find a town point. You can't. No, that no, no, sounds no. amazing. <laughs> no. I'm trying to find like I have uh, the Oaxaca bitters from one of these bitters companies out there that has a very. It's like a little chili, cinnamony, chocolate yeah. kind of mixed together. Yeah. Yeah, and and they say they're also touting it as being able to age well. So, which makes sense. <laughs> um, no, don't say that to Chris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> another, another. Um, thing that I think is really sad. It's rumored at this point, uh, but from evidence gathered, as in uh, people saying that they got let go from Stone, it was the bulk of which were longtime employees, people who had been there with them since nearly the beginning. The people they mentioned in this, they, they, they some of them are like, you know, grateful for the four plus years I worked there, worked there for eight plus years, seven years. Yeah, they were long-termers, and that's if that's going to become a business practice from them, like how Amazon does, because I know I've talked with several people working in Amazon uh, warehouses where they don't let employees be there longer than four or five years, and then they let them go just yeah. so they because those people are making so much money an hour when they can just bring in you know anybody to do it for ten dollars less an hour. Yeah, and they know they make a habit of that. And if Stone were to get into that kind of shifty practice, I think the market would turn on them really fast. Oh, yeah. yeah, but let's move into some more depressing news. How does oh, that good. sound? Oh yeah, hooray! <laughs> uh, Casey actually dug this one up, and I was looking around. I thought I'd found another article about this, but I all I could find was an official statement. But we'll get to that after we say. Apparently. Anheuser-Busch, uh, ABM Bev, through a puppet company, I don't know how we would want to say it, uh, called ZX Ventures. It's really weird. Yeah, subsidiary. I want to say puppet company. Um, <laughs> uh, beverage Insights. What? It makes it sound like they're dictators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Beverage Business Insights is reporting that Minnesota-based home brewing company Northern Brewer slash Midwest Supplies seems to have been acquired by ZX Ventures, a global incubator and venture capital arm of AB InBev. Hmm. A media request yeah, the, to... They're the group that goes out and buys up bond yeah. breweries or things out there that seem like they could... They could turn make a money off of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, media uh, requests to Northern Brewer this week did not yield much insight into the situation. Uh, that's actually changed a little bit. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, ZX Ventures is a, is a little less mum about their deal with one of the largest home brewing retailers in the country. Uh, it's just there's a quote from them just saying, oh, they're pleased to be helping out and BS like that. But, helping themselves yes. to their inventory and profits. Yeah. There is an official statement from Chris Farley, the founder. Wait, not that <laughs> he, he doesn't live in a van down by the river. Don't so. you lie to me? No, he's not back from the dead. Um, he has this rather lengthy. Uh, I read through it. Uh, just a post as a, uh, an official letter. And we just it, all imagine that the letter was read in the Chris Farley voice where like, there's a lot of yelling. And... <laughs> That's how I'm going to be hearing it. Basically, he's just saying this is a really exciting opportunity, blah, yada, yada. I read between the lines. <laughs> he really likes money. They gave him a lot of it. <laughs> like that. But what's more yeah. interesting... Like when, when you say a lot, how much? Like monocle rich? Or... Don't, I'm sure it's going to be monocle rich, but there's 
there's no no numbers are spoken of. So let me just say this: I will. I don't know that I've purchased a lot of things from Northern Burr or Midwest. Um, I won't be buying any more from them. If you couldn't have guessed that already. Um, what, Casey? You're gonna have a strange reaction to to a a, a buyout a or company a buyout? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I've personally dealt with uh, more beer most for most of the things that I've done. Um, and I've really had some good stuff from them. They have not paid me to say this, but uh, I really enjoy them. And then my local homebrew store also gets a lot of my business. So oh, yeah. I, I think that's a good way to go. Cause Is there a local one in Pikeville now? No, there's not. It's in Lexington. But wow. Wow. the one that they're out of the we had three in Lexington really. And one of them went out of business a few weeks ago. So it wow. really, um, it makes a big difference. So that makes, you know, things that I can get on a quick turnaround basis, um, are a lot smaller now. Mm. But yeah, this is what there, no one knows what the heck is leading them to this. What, like what is, is ABM Bev trying to, are they going to start trying to buy up all these larger home brewing essential markets to stomp out home brewing and hopefully well, like they're going to try and nip craft beer in the, you know, in the bud, like try and get it before it, you know, grows into something. I like don't that think, sounds a little tinfoil hatty. Yeah. I don't think that's the direction. I think they saw, Hey, there's, there's a lot of money there and it's beer related. We've got stuff that we can do. And these companies are in the business of buying bulk malts, bulk, hops and reselling them to in smaller packaging and you know the number one bulk hop and bulk malt buyer in the u.s is the kellogg cereal company well probably <laughs> actually but uh breweries like uh ab InBev or you know whoever are going to be some of the largest as far as being able to set the price point at which they want to buy things and say it's like the walmart of beer yeah mm. I mean, Walmart has the Walmart of beer, but <laughs> now, yeah. Except Walmart's not buying up little, you know, oh, little uh, produce stands essentially, and <laughs> taking them over. No, but they are buying the land that some of those produce stands would be on. Yes, that and they are, they're, but they're not reopening the, a produce stand there. <laughs> before the fruit even gets to the produce stand, they're buying it from the buying entire fields of oranges or whatever from farmers and saying, "Hey." You just give us everything, and yeah. we'll give you a check. They buy entire fields, pave it so no one can have it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's a big, a big red flag to show what's coming down the pipe. That all this tinfoil hat wearing isn't complete nonsense. That these things are going to happen and happen more often. So you've got to be careful with uh, with these companies. Maybe they'll come through and they will provide ingredients at a lot cheaper price than some of the others out there, but. If you do that and you go completely over to these one this one company, then you know twenty years down the road, whenever all the others have been purchased out or went out of business, where are you going to get your ingredients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just I don't know going through the letter from Farley. It just the whole thing was if I was you know going into their stores a lot, I would just feel so betrayed by this because there's no. You know, he doesn't address the customers or any of that. He's just like, oh, this would be a great chance and blah, blah, blah. It's going to be the same people working in the store. Every, nothing's going to change. And it's like, then why did you why did you sell it? 
if nothing was going to change. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's enough tinfoil hat for now, I guess. So, why don't we move into some untapped? Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Yeah. Uh, let's get things on a little bit of a lighter note. A little happier note. Well, except for Casey. <laughs> Casey doesn't care about this one. Uh, our first badge, no, it's actually two badges, is Bell's All Stouts Day. From year did round, we have, did we have bells bells a ween last yesterday, and I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. There, yeah, <laughs> there was no bells a ween. I don't um, know why they haven't made a badge for that though. Yeah, uh, but from year <laughs> round to specialty favorites, stouts have a long history at Bell's Brewery. Every November, as the weather cools and autumn sets in, Bell celebrates All Stouts Day by switching the taps at the eccentric cafe to All Stouts. Oh, I want to go to that. <laughs> Help yeah. celebrate. Watch, thinking of that dark, thick, chocolatey, roasty taste right now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Made me wish uh, I had chosen a different beer for this episode. <laughs> but anyway, uh, help celebrate All Stouts Day by warming up with some rich, dark brews from Bell's Brewery. Whether you're at their pub or at home or your favorite local pub, uh, badge badges will be available between October fifteenth and November fifteenth. Uh, you'll need to move kind of quickly. I mean, it, it will go away soon, but it is quite a few beers. Uh, Bell's is bringing you two brand new badges to unlock. Check into two different stouts from Bell's. Uh, see the helpful list below. Uh, hint: It's pretty much every stout they've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and earn the Bell's All Stouts badge. Uh, if you check into two more, you'll, uh, it's a total of four stouts, four different ones. You'll be upgraded to the Bell's All Stouts Level 2, and it is a completely separate badge, not just a Level 2 of the first badge. Mm. Uh, to learn more, <laughs> head over to bellsbeer.com. Yeah, and it is, like I said, it's it's a long list. You, I mean, you're reaching if you're pulling out a stout. From them, that's not on this list. Hmm. Uh, we went today because we were down in Lexington, and we all, uh, well, the three of us, minus Casey, uh, hustled into the liquor barn, and luckily they had sixers of exactly four, of kinds. exactly four <laughs> stouts. Yeah, and I don't we, have a whole lot of choices there. Yeah. yeah, but I mean they were all good. But can we talk for just a second about? Uh, I think the it was some ridiculous price, price of the the expedition. Yeah. yeah, eighteen something for a six pack of expedition stout. Can can we get a consensus on this? Can it can That's, like what are what are you all paying for a sixer around there? Like someone write in, and let us know. Like the next time you're out and you see the price on a six pack of expedition stout, what is it at? Because it was eighteen something, and I was just floored. But I like Expedition Stout, and I want the badge, so I was just like, screw it, I'll pay it, I guess. I'll fall on that sword, but damn. Damn, I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah, I don't remember Expedition ever being that much. Yeah, I thought... Any any beer that I normally drink from... uh, You know, I don't drink Bells, but any beer that I normally drink from anybody else being that expensive per six-pack. Usually if it goes into that price range, it's like a bomber. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it were like barrel aged, I could see the price being a little off, you know. But this is just regular stout. Like I just, I don't. There, I don't there is it. a barrel aged of the expedition. Yeah. This was not it, right? That's what I like. 
I could om- I mean, you still can't fully justify it, but I could see it if it were aged or something weird and special about it, you know. By the way, that reminds me. I uh when we mentioned bombers, uh I had some friends that were moving uh to Asheville uh and as oh. sort of a, a going away slash belated birthday present to one of them, I got them a uh a bomber of the three philosophers. Mm. And I paid a for that. Uh, I think I paid a little more for that than I did for uh, for the six. Then then we paid for the six pack of of expedition. Yeah, it it hurt. But no, looking at the list, there is apparently it's uh, one of their cafe only, like tap room only releases. Bear hug Imperial Stout. <laughs> I uh, I want to try this now. <laughs> I want a bear hug Imperial Stout. <laughs> All right, uh, I knew where you were going. Uh-huh. So on our next one, hooray for pills! Founders mm. PC Pills. That There's... is exactly what Eastern Kentucky says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong pills. Pilsners. Uh, PC Pills, American Hopped Pilsner. Founders Brewing Company decided to create their own take on the class Pilsner style, uh, creating the American Hopped PC Pills. While Noble Hops have long been the preferred choice of Pilsner brewers around the world, the team at Founders chose a few of their favorite American varieties. Uh... Piney Chinook, Pleasantly Citrus Cascade, and Punchy Centennial make this an easy drinker with floral hop characteristics. That is a pretty accurate description. See, that, I always used to complain on the show that, that there weren't enough, like, Pilsner, uh, craft Pilsners, basically. It just seemed like it was IPA and Stoutland. Seeing stuff listening. like this makes me go, yeah. Start, start getting to the other styles, guys. It'll be fun. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this was. I think this is the the new seasonal they teased back when they released the their releases for the year. Because this is it is a new seasonal, and there was one that under their seasonal category that would just had a big question mark as to what it was going to be. I can't remember. The big thing for right now for them is is this and uh, the harvest ale. Yeah, harvest ale is always out like everywhere. That's I know, but I I know I haven't seen it as and as frequently until like nowish. Yeah, it just it released the exact same day as uh, Backwoods Bastard. Oh, okay. Ooh. Which yeah, is out it's there. Been, it's been a little sunny today. Some a PC pills sound, seems like it would have been pretty nice and refreshing today. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be in the 80s the rest of the week, so that would be uh, that would be nice. But check cool. in to uh, Founders PC Pills between October 10th and November 10th, and you'll unlock the Founders PC Pills badge. Find six packs pretty much everywhere. <laughs> You can find them found using the fi- Founders Beer Finder. <laughs> All right, and last badge, Warlock Slayer. Tis the season to drink pumpkin beer. Check out the dark side of Southern Tears. <laughs> Highly regarded pumpkin beers. Wow, we're getting... Okay, it's Dr. Susie. Uh, Warlock Imperial Stout is brewed to contrast with Pumpkin, uh, the king of pumpkin beers. A dessert stout in the truest sense. This high-gravity brew will leave you wanting more. It's like a sip of all things Halloween. Get in the spooky spirit and drink a Warlock Imperial Stout between October 7th and November 7th. Time's running out on this one. Uh, to get your hands on the Warlock Slayer badge. Costumes not required. However, I picture drinking one of these, but just going, dun, 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 dun. Doing this is Halloween. Sorry. It's a good <laughs> I one. To... I like no, it. No, it's a requirement. 
this would be a good one to uh, take outside whenever I'm, uh, you know, doing the whole trick or treating thing. And uh, Casey, you can't go trick or treating anymore. <laughs> Gotta go as a, uh, a warlock this year with my beer. Um, no, we always give out uh, candy, and you know, I used to live up a holler where we would see maybe three trick or treaters, the ones that didn't know that there was nobody actually giving away candy up there. Um, so they would wander into the holler. But now that I live in town. Yeah, we get quite a few. So, yeah, I, I never had like the only trick or treating we did was back when my dad used to manage the the hotel in town, and I would have to drive. Yeah, you know, he would drive me to there because like, all right, no one's put razor blades in this candy, so <laughs> get your fill. <laughs> but no, um, if you want, uh, this is how we ended up getting this badge. Is we had uh, we read out a listener. Uh, recommendation for a beer cocktail that was a half and half of the warlock and pumpkin no 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 that was a wasn't it it, that was part pumpkin part creme brulee part creme brulee that's right and then the same night we ended up drinking this yeah it wasn't as good as as you think it should be uh yeah i think that uh the mixture needed to be knocked back a little less on the creme brulee like the the pumpkin doesn't stick out hardly as much if you go half and half so I'd say maybe two thirds pumpkin, one third creme brulee. Yeah, we probably yeah we probably just did too much. But the warlock's always good. We tried it for the first time like last year, the year before that, or something. Yeah, and that it. that kind of intense. A bomber, <laughs> like we got a bomber and split between the two of us, and we were pretty well set for the night. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, that's gonna wrap up Untapped. So I guess we'll just uh, turn it over to the home brewer here. <laughs> Yeah, so I might be that drunk. I've already <laughs> finished my what I'm drinking beer, and so I've started on another one here. I'm not going to put this one at the end of the episode, but um, the Galaxy White IPA bottled with Brett from Anchorage Brewing Company, like a little bit of a sour bomber. So pretty good IPA Jeez. there. So we're starting into some of the more what seems simple, but a little bit more complex, and a little bit harder to wrap your head around topics of beer. Um, that would be something like water and yeast. So we're going to head into those this week and see what those topics bring us. We are looking at these two components, and water seems like a very simple component at first. It seems like one of those things that... Oh yeah, you just if it tastes good, you just throw it in there and you know you make I mean, beer with it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. <laughs> exactly, and that's what pure water is like distilled water, or reversed osmosis water. In the in the very pure sense of the word, water is going to have a pH of about seven and have nothing in it except for that two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. So Too bad that's not what falls out of our taps when we turn them on. <laughs> absolutely. So if you live in an area like Kentucky where you have limestone uh, aquifers, that limestone's leaching into your water and you'll find different things in your water there than you would in Arizona or, um, you know, somewhere that you get your water from rain rather than from ground sources or a lake or something along those lines. So water is always changing. You can get your water report from a local municipality. It won't have everything in there that you need to know, but it'll have some of the things to start off with. But basically, if you talk about pH, water should have a pH of about seven with nothing else that, you know, nothing else affecting it, it should have a pH of 7. The pH scale runs from about 0 to 14, where 0 is the acidic side and um, 
you know, bases run up to the 14 side. So anything on one side or the other side of the seven, uh, the further that the water, whatever the, the content is from seven, the stronger the acid or the base. Now for the best conversion of starches to sugar in the mash, your mash needs to be about 5.2 pH. So we know we talked about that in the first episode that you have to mash your grains in order to make beer. It creates starches or that creates breaks down the starches into sugars. So for most water that we brew with, it isn't pure, has compounds that act like buffers, but also contribute to the flavor of the beer. Some of those things that act like buffers. Yeah, Bob? I was going to say, so so the, the impurities in the water aren't a bad thing. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't brew with strictly distilled water or strictly reverse osmosis water because you don't have some of the things that the beer actually does need in it. Yeah, you it, want your water to be clean. You want it to probably be free of chlorine. Um, so if you, you have some way of removing chlorine, either through like a charcoal filter, that's good, or um, through some Camden tablets or just letting it sit out and off gas. That's a, that's a very good thing is to let the chlorine go away because we don't want that in the beer. But there are a lot of other things in beer that you do, or in beer, brewing water that you do want. Yeah, um, the reason bourbon became such a thing is because of that limestone shelf that Kentucky sits on. Yeah, and so you didn't get the sulfury type compounds that you would get. Um, the limestone would, would take up all the sulfur compounds. So the first component that we're going to talk about, though, because there are a lot, there's there's like five or six components in beer that you really want to keep track of, and that's carbonate or bicarbonate. And you see this a lot in um, like bicarbonate of soda. Um, baking soda has has bicarb in it. So whenever you talk about bicarbonate, it's a buffer that keeps your pH from becoming too acidic. So if I put in more bicarbonate, it's going to try to keep that pH of the water higher as it goes into brewing uh, a beer. Now, if I were to take reverse osmosis water, which has nothing else in it but water, and add one drop of acid, I could see a big drop in pH in that water um, from 7 all the way down to something you know, it'd go low really quickly. But if I use tap water or spring water and add a few drops of acid, you probably wouldn't see a drop at all. And that's because the pH of the water doesn't make as big of a difference as what the compounds that are in the water have to do with it. Um, bicarbonates are, are one of the big compounds that keep that pH from dropping and will keep the beer pH higher. But like I said, you want to make sure that that beer pH goes down to about 5.2. So what do you do to make sure that the beer with the right pH has that brighter flavor, that more flavor. Um, it won't taste flat or flavorless. Um, but if it goes too low, it could taste sour. Like the beer I'm drinking right now is a Brett IPA. It's got a little bit of that sour flavor to it. So what do we do? All right. So malts have a tendency to bring down the pH naturally, but darker malts have the ability to do it even more. They cancel out even more bicarbonates in the water and bring that pH down even quicker and even further. That's why beers from areas with water that have a naturally higher bicarbonate level will tend to be darker in color, while beers from waters that have less bicarbonate in the water, uh, or beers from areas with less bicarbonate in the water, will be lighter. Pilsen has very low levels, like 14 part per million, while Ireland in general, and Dublin specifically, has about 300 parts per million. That's why Pilsner beers are usually very light. And beers from Dublin are dark, like a stout. Hmm. Hmm. And traditionally, this is the way. So whenever you look at uh, the Kentucky Common beer, it's got a little bit of a darker color to it. Um, we could make it with all regularly light malts, but it's a little bit darker because our water has more bicarbonate in it. 
So, so, so ours has has excess bicarbonate then. It does. And whenever I start to brew, if I try to brew a, a light color beer, it makes it a little bit more difficult for me to work with that water. So in order to do that, to cancel it out, I'll either have to, um, you can boil the water, which releases carbon dioxide, which is kind of bound up with some of this bicarbonate and the bicarbonate will drop to the bottom. But it takes a long time to do that because you have to boil it. Then you have to let it sit until it cools, then decant it off that bicarbonate that drops out to the bottom, which is like chalk, and then start all over again. So I usually just use distilled water and dilute the water that I've gotten to start off with to begin with. Okay, so it's a very right. that, that that makes sense though just to to you know yeah. since it's you need to get it down but you don't want to have to go through all that process just thin it out essentially yeah yeah and it, it's this is a very complex relationship there's a lot of things that go into this but this is sort of a very simple basic way to look at it now there are some other compounds in beer other than carbonate and bicarbonate that you want to look at um, that work with beer flavor so that works with making sure your mash pH is right. On beer flavor side, you've got chloride and sulfate. So those two things are, um, they work on their own, but they also work in a balance with each other. So chloride, like sodium chloride or table salt, it's a primary brewing item. At low levels, it can accentuate the fullness of a beer, but at high levels, it can make it actually taste medicinal um, because it binds with phenols and creates chlorophenol, which tastes like (laughs) Band-Aids. Yum. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Band-Aids. Why are you people licking Band-Aids? Then on the sulfate side, at normal levels, it has little to no flavor. There's not a whole lot of difference there. Um, You can have, uh, when you increase that, you you may get some off flavors. But when you take the ratio of sulfate to chloride together, sulfate can accentuate more of the bitterness and chloride can accentuate more of the maltiness or the sweetness of a beer. So whenever you've got chloride and sulfate, say you've got 50 parts chloride, 50 parts sulfate, they're in even with each other. You're not going to have a super bitter beer or a super malty beer. It's going to be right in the middle. But if I do 100 parts per million of chloride and 50 parts per million of sulfate, that's a 2 to 1 ratio towards chloride. The beer is going to taste maltier. If I do the same thing and do 100 parts per million of sulfate, and 50 parts per million of chloride, the beer is going to taste more bitter. So whenever we talk about IBUs, one beer may have, you know, 50 IBUs and not taste bitter at all, but something may have 40 or 30 and taste really bitter. That could be the chloride sulfate ratio making the difference there. Okay. Yeah. So whenever you look at these two things, they deal with the chloride and sulfates. They deal with the maltiness, the, um, the, the bitterness in a beer, Whenever you look at some of these other compounds, like sodium, it just like salting your food, it can round out the flavor of beer, but at high levels, it'll begin to taste salty. Calcium is a component that's required for yeast health. So with its ions, the yeast will actually speed up their metabolism and be able to work appropriately. But if you don't have enough calcium in there, it will actually prevent the yeast from clearing out of the beer. So you'll be left with a cloudy beer because they can't go through the process that it takes for them to... Uh, drop out of the beer. So how do you add calcium? Like some right. of the other stuff makes sense, but yeah. I'm pretty sure you don't drop milk into it. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'll, 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 just a second, I'll talk about that right after I talk about magnesium. And that way you can get a good idea of how to add all of these. Wait, um, you mean the stuff that I use to start campfires or is that something else? Yeah, probably so. So none of these things work in tan or work at the same time, but magnesium sticks will be uh, very similar. They'll have a 
they'll be bound to something else most likely in there. Um, with magnesium in beer, um, it's a yeast nutrient as well. The yeast need it to, to process alcohols and make sure the sugars turn in the way they're supposed to. But at high levels, it can turn into a laxative. You know so, what? That, expl- that explains a lot. Yeah. So if a, a brewery adds high levels of magnesium or has high levels of magnesium in their beer, maybe you get the beer trots and, and you have to run a lot because of that. Um, I was very suspicious that one local brewery did this and I had to call them and make sure that this was not what they were doing. Um, <laughs> magnesium, you, were just, you were just dying. Magnesium. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Magnesium citrate. You can actually go to the doctor or go to your local pharmacy and pick it up. It's a, uh, for constipation, it's a remedy for that. So, um, definitely something to look into. Don't be dumping in a lot of magnesium. I thought the regular remedy for that was Taco Bell. <laughs> it works quite well. Or Chipotle. That White Castle. Ugh. Unless you're Ian. Look like a list, actually. Apparently. <laughs> Unless you're Ian, then you're confused by all this because the man has a superhuman digestive system. <laughs> it's his those... mutant power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With all this, it's like you know. Uh, we, oh well, let's, we'll get on a tangent here. Um, <laughs> Getting on a very smelly tangent. Quite. Um, it's impossible to add any one compound by themselves or any one component of these by themselves because they're ions. And ions have to be added when they're combined with something else. One's a positive, one's a negative. They make up molecules that are combined. So you can't just add calcium by itself. It has to be combined with something else. So whenever you add things into beer, you know that as you increase one level, you're going to increase another level. So whenever I add calcium, I've got a few ways that I can do that. I can add it in as calcium carbonate which is chalk. I can add it in as calcium chloride, which is gypsum or calcium sulfate. So those two, those three things are bound with something else. Calcium carbonates, uh, a bicarbonate, basically it turns into a bicarbonate and calcium, which will increase my beer's ability to buffer the pH while I'm also increasing my calcium level. Calcium sulfate will increase my calcium level, but then it'll make my beer more bitter tasting on the sulfate level. Calcium chloride will make it more sweet flavored while also increasing calcium. I just so feel like there's yeah. so much you have to pay attention to. And I'm like, this is why we don't brew. <laughs> Luckily, like, oh. this makes the biggest difference whenever you're brewing um, all grain. You can do a, like a stovetop mixed up batch with just the, the extracts and not have to worry a whole lot about that. Um, but it makes a big difference whenever you're able to, to go into the water additions and it's like salting your food each one of these is like a different type of salt that changes the flavor just a little bit one way or the other man speaking of different flavors of salt all i'm thinking of now is butter salt from the movie theater they used to get as a kid (laughs) delicious stuff right like dad would bring it home oh uh and you'd butter that on your regular popcorn you'd make at the house oh my god so you know how (laughs) most theaters just put that stuff out like the flavored salts just free to use like at a big station the one nearest us now that we finally went to, they sell it. Like, you can't get a free shake of flavored <laughs> salts. They have, ti- like, tiny little, like, one or two-use containers I, of it that you have to buy. Oh I, can smuggle, I can smuggle some up there for you. I can be your hookup. <laughs> Don't forget them. We'll just keep going to the place where I can order a cheeseburger and never leave my seat. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Moving on to the other aspects. So water, you know, those are some of the more complex issues with water. Um, like I said, if you're going to just go in the very basics of it, make sure there's no chlorine, make sure it tastes good. And then all the extra stuff there is just icing on the cake to try to, so you're you're telling me I shouldn't brew in a pool. No, 
absolutely. Because that's where you get the, the Band-Aid flavor is uh, <laughs> the chlorine and the chlorophenols. Again, I've not drank out of a pool to know if it tastes <laughs> like Band-Aids that I don't lick. So I'm going to I'll get you your a Band-Aid beer. You're, you're, I'm going to have to find one um, and, and let you drink this. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'll have to make it. I'll just add extra chlorine to a beer and then do it. <laughs> so make, purposely make bad beer just to go, here, yeah. you know, shut up. <laughs> we need to do a, a tasting on just the off flavors. And that's there's some kits out there that you can spike a Bud Light and it'll give you like an off flavor very specific to whatever you're doing. Can we spike No, I don't want to spike a Bud Light. I don't want to wake up with a tiger in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be oh. – Anyways, yeast. So moving on, um, yeast is basically a single-celled microorganism from uh, the fungus kingdom that have has been in beer um, as long as there has been beer, before we've known there's been yeast there. Um, it's been around for a... <laughs> it's been around so long we didn't know it was alive for a long part of that time. <laughs> exactly. It was originally called God is Good, and uh, would just show up at the bottom of a... Uh, beer brewing vessel, and they would think, oh, well, this is just what comes out when you make beer. Um, they would use the magic stirring stick of beer, and uh, it would have yeast on it. <laughs> it would inoculate the mag- It was literally a magical beer wand. It <laughs> was. And uh, so they would use this, and it would make wonderful beer. And only the head monk got to wield it. Now, the head monk not quite realizing that it... It was just like, oh, yeah, no, just adding some yeast back into this. Yep, he, he was magical. Uh, so it's been around. Sorry, before we get too deep into this, that reminds me, though, the magic wand with yeast uh, reminds me of the, the when we went to the uh, uh, homebrewing convention a couple years back, and they were showing they were telling us how to make sake. Mm. And like they were like, you're going to need special rice for the koju because it doesn't break down. On the, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, you'll need a mold in there. And now that's all I can think of. It's like, yeah, no, you just toss that into some rice, make a whole bunch of it, and then keep getting that those spores that you're going to need for. Yeah, because that mold never goes away. Nope. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's in in beer. The malting process allows you to have enzymes. In rice, there's no malting process, so there's no enzymes that can break down starch into um, sugars. So you've got to have that mold that does it a little bit different way. And that just makes me wonder like how someone come up, came up with some of these processes. Like how do they luck into things like this? Yeah. There, there's some, some interesting things and topics in, in discovering what the, the history of brewing beverages, it tends to be. Um, right now yeast have been around for about 400 million years and we've currently identified over 1500 species of yeasts. Now, of those species, we only use two primary brewing species. So everything, the other 1,500, the other, you know, 1,498 are other methods or other yeasts that do different things. But we use two to brew with, and that's Saccharomyces cerevisiae and Saccharomyces pastoranus or Carlsbergensis. It's the same yeast strain, but it was discovered in two different ways. So um, they were named two different things. Um, we can use a few methods to ID which yeast they are, but the easiest way is to break them down between loggers and L's. And so those are the two loggers and L strains. Um, the two major groups of the beer's loggers are fermented cold, while L's are fermented a little bit warmer. That's the, the mm-hmm. simplest way to look at it. Um, 
Pilsners, Marzins, Box, American Swill Beer, they're all lagers. And IPAs, Pellels, Stouts, Porters, Barley Wines, and many more are all L's. So and that it's, it's split. I think it's, what is it, lagers are bottom-fermenting yeast and ales are not? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is the ale yeast. It's top-fermenting, produces a higher amount of esters and phenols, and it ferments around the, in the mid to high 60s Fahrenheit, where Saccharomyces carlsbergensis is, or pastoranus, same thing, Basically, it was discovered in the Carlsberg Brewery, so that's where it got its name, Carlsberg Genesis. Ah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't discovered in the Carlsbad Caverns? <laughs> Not in Kentucky. Um, although that beer strain has been, or that strain has been smuggled all around because, you know, it made great beer. So it got passed <laughs> around all over Europe. Um, it's bottom fermenting, produces very little esters or phenol characters when kept at ferment temperatures, which are about 50 degrees Fahrenheit, although it can be a little bit more sulfury or it ha- can have a little bit more of an apple character on that end. But these are just the two main styles. Inside that, if you go to White Labs or Y Yeast, every single yeast that they produce, which is over 100 types of yeast, um, all fall into one of these two categories, just about it. So we've got a lot of variety within these two categories. Just about every brew out there is made by these two main types, but um, you've got a, a bunch of variety in between. Now, there is a third category in there, which we won't really get into today, and that's the hybrid yeasts, which makes um, beers like the Kolsch or the steam beer. And that's when it may be a beer that is fermenting. Uh, so like a, an L yeast that ferments at a colder temperature, or a, a lager yeast that ferments at a higher temperature, and you get some um, variety there. It's not known yet. Um, there's research ongoing. It's not completely known whether those yeasts are the way they are because of natural selection or because they have merged DNA strains together. Hmm. So there are think of like how they would how they would merge DNA strands outside of you know yeah. Making the yeast with yeast backs. I just picture um, Casey starting to explain this, and it's the thing from Jurassic Park. Mr. DNA shows up. Yeah. <laughs> something, something, something. Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Um, there, uh, and I was looking at this earlier uh, last week. There's other things that, for some reason, viruses and single-cell organisms, you know, you can actually get you can get the virus, of course, can transport its DNA into the cell, but the cell can actually infect the virus in another way. So it's a very weird uh, relationship that those two can work and, and the way we get, you know, DNA that, that splice between two different yeast strains is still a little bit out there. So what you're saying is yeast from. is going to cause the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. It's so – yeast is everywhere. And you can see that by leaving a cup of, of grape juice that doesn't have preservatives in it. You can leave that out, um, and it'll ferment without having to do anything to it. You know, it's in your kitchen. It's in, you know, even in the operating suite, you know, where we try to keep it as clean as possible, there are yeast strains that are floating around, so you've got to be extremely careful in there. Yeast is all around us. It is. It flows through us, binds us. <laughs> And it's a very good thing that it is, too, because without yeast, a lot of the processes that create beer and created wine to begin with, we wouldn't get those as easily as 
um, they originally happened. And food wouldn't spoil as quickly. It would, you know, that that may be a, a bad thing now, but in the past, you know, food items would still be sticking around if you didn't have a way to break that down and, and to change it up a little bit. Alcohol is a protectant, and so yeast that has a higher alcohol tolerance may be able to protect the, um, the fruit a little bit better. Different yeast strains are able to better tolerate higher alcohol levels before they quit working or they die off, and this can be a major factor when selecting a yeast strain for maybe a barley wine or an imperial stout or an IPA or an imperial pilsner even. So um, whenever you select a yeast strain, the level of alcohol it can tolerate and what percent it can tolerate makes a big difference. Um, another category that yeast can can have different factors in is flocculation, and that's the speed and ease at which yeast will drop down to the bottom of the fermenting vessel and clear out from the beer. So a beer like a Hefeweizen, that yeast strain will stay in concentration for a while. Uh, same thing with New England IPAs. They say it's the, the high levels of hops, but it's actually yeast that's staying in the beer longer and will actually make that beer cloudy. Wait, so we only use two species of of yeast, yep. but there are different strains amongst those two species. Exactly. Hmm. So everything that I've mentioned, so whenever I talk about a Hefeweizen strain, the six or seven Hefeweizen strains that are out there, those are all underneath Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Um, whenever I talk about uh, IPA strains or um, L strains, those are all Saccharomyces cerevisiae. If I'm looking at an American lager strain, that's Saccharomyces pastoranus or Carlsbergensis. Um, that's that's all on the lager side. So like a British L yeast, uh, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, British L yeast strain, will have usually a very high flocculation. So whenever you look at that beer, it'll it'll those beer yeast will drop out really quickly. They stick together. They clump together. They look like a giant snot plug, and mm. you can't hardly shake them up. Mm-mm-mm. So whenever you shake that tube, it doesn't look um, – it won't budge. It'll just be one giant plug there that sticks together like gack or something. Um, while if you do it with a, a Hefeweizen strain and you shake that yeast up, it'll look very powdery and it'll go into solution very easily. And that all has to do with the shape of the yeast cells themselves and what the outside looks like. And it, it's almost like with the British L yeast strains, it's almost like little Velcro pieces that stick together really easily. Man, I miss Gak. It's all that's been going through my head since he said Gak. I'm just like, oh. Yep. It's not a thing anymore, is it? I mean, no. it should be. Why well, shouldn't I'm sure it not by the name, but it's definitely in existence. There's yes. apparently, I've heard uh, for Christmas this year, one of the big things that's already started is some kind of Gak-like thing mm-hmm. that's out there. I mean, maybe... I don't know. Never mind. It gives us, like, it's Gak and it's... Uh, Gak's not what they called the the slime they poured over everybody, was it? No, no that no. was just slime. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't creative with that name. That was just Nickelodeon brand slime. <sighs> All right, back Sorry. on topic. Um, so the third factor that you really see when you talk about beer yeasts and whenever you see a beer yeast chart is attenuation. And attenuation is the percent that the yeast will ferment all of the available sugars in the beer. So beer has different types of sugars. It can have very complex sugars and it can have very simple sugars depending on how you malted it or how it was, it was broken down in the mashing process. Um, so some yeasts only like eating the very simple sugars. They're very picky eaters and they will only eat the very simple sugars. 
and they won't do anything to the harder, more complex sugars. So they will have a lower attenuation. You'll see attenuations in like the 65 to 70% range. Okay, so 65 or 70% of the entire sugars that are in that beer, the yeast will eat, and then that'll leave another 30% or so left over that it's still in the beer. So it leaves a sweeter beer. It leaves a beer that has a little bit more thickness and a little bit more uh, viscosity because those different sugars will um, bind together and, and create a little bit of a viscous feel. And then you'll get yeasts that are very easy to digest, uh, very good to digest more complex sugars. Uh, and those yeasts will chew through just about everything. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is Britannomyces, which is uh, a different type of yeast strain. So it's not one of these two, but Saccharomyces are one of the most attenuative yeasts and they will actually go in and chew on wood. Like it doesn't even have to be completely converted over into sugar. They'll just take pure starch, wood grain, and you can actually eat an entire barrel away by putting Britannomyces in it. So, so, so what you're saying is you could stick a board into a vat of beer with Britannomyces and it's going to just start dissolving it. Yeah, it, like it takes a while, but that's that's very similar to the way it works, yes. What you're saying is there's no barrel-aged Brett beers. Oh, no, barrel, Brett beers are barrel-aged all the time because you get a little bit of character whenever you throw them in there. And the Brett gets stuck in the wood pores while it's chewing on it. So you can never get Brett out of beer once it's in there the first time around. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it, it takes a long time for it to chew it away, but it will, like, eat at your your wood. That's crazy. Um, and, and those beers are – Brett beers, like the one I'm drinking today, are very dry because it eats away everything. It eats away all the sugars. There's not a whole lot left behind. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. All right. Very complex topics. I understand a lot of science in there. A lot of things to talk about, but a very simple overview of here's – if you're going to start looking at charts and deciding what type of yeast to put in your beer, those are the key topics that um, that you're going to have to look at. If you're ready to start jumping into water and trying to learn how to better adjust your water, that's probably the last place you want to look when you're you're working with beers. First is making sure you're clean. Second is adding and uh, making sure your yeast health is good making sure that you're fermenting at the right temperatures. Third is checking on your recipe, so your hops, your malts, making sure everything's going well there. And then the last thing is making sure your water is the right um, the right balance. Every time we do one of these, I realize just how little I actually know right? about brewing beer. <laughs> it just blows my mind every time what I don't actually know. No, it pretty much just reinforces that I don't know anything at all. Uh, the, the biggest thing is each one of these topics that we went over, the four key brewing ingredients, um, each one has its own book out there in the brewing uh, brewing series that I read a lot from. And those books have been the biggest help for me. So there's malt, yeast, water, hops. And those three are, are some of the best tools. See, when you say the brewing series, I just start picturing uh, – Dritz throw <laughs> Bruden and his, yeah. his twin Steins as he drinks his way through through the Forgotten Realms. We're writing this book. <laughs> Hope you're ready for this. Oh God! All right. Um, so, questions? Anything that you you? I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to go through. So, I'm sure there's some things that that went by really quick. Um, but is there anything specifically that you had to, that you needed to know? Um, I think it was just more of a 
a learning thing. Like, I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, the whole time. So, like, honestly, I, I don't even know what questions I could possibly ask. Cool. I love it. We'll, we'll maybe dive a little bit deeper into these sometime in a year or two. We'll, we'll go a little deeper in, in water or go a little deeper in yeast. But uh, a good overview. And, and, you know, regardless if you're a home brewer or not, these are good things to know. So when you go to your, your brewery, you can talk a little bit better to those brewers there and uh, know what they're talking about whenever they talk with you. Yeah. I was trying to find, like, an infographic, and it's starting to go down a rabbit hole, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> for yeast and stuff because like then i've also there's like ice cream and beer pairings and i'm like what's happening right now oh yeah so, <laughs> it's like, it'll have to be a new gonna... story next time but new belgium's doing another one of those oh jeez. um but yeah no it, this is really interesting um i i know we touched on a, a little bit of it on um the oh gosh it was our lager episode i think it was when we talked about the difference in the the top fermenting versus the bottom fermenting, so we it's kind the of only way, it's the only way I knew that the, the difference in those yeasts. Right. So, like, at least we've at least we've covered it before to have some kind of background. Um, but yeah, I would I would recommend if anybody listening has any questions and they want to write in, please feel free, and we will pass that along and and get an answer from Casey about that. Or you know what, I'm going to plug again. On the Twitch Brewing Channel, more <laughs> chateau. I'll uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, I'll let you know whenever I'm brewing out there, and you can ask questions as I'm going through the recipes. And so you'll know yes. you'll be able to ask questions immediately, get a response right there, and I'll be able to talk of yeah. uh, extemporaneously. Hopefully, no one asks questions. Well, hopefully they do. Maybe I can learn something. Ask a question that I don't know, and then uh, we'll tur- turn that into a stump the brewer type session. <laughs> I mean, maybe there'll be someone in the chat. Just trolling Casey. <laughs> I did get one yum today. <laughs> he won. He yum. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely link to the Twitch thing on uh, on the website. I was thinking about like kind of going over our, our site anyway, and just kind of like figuring out, you know, if, they, if we need to change anything or update some stuff. So, cool. all right, all right. Uh, I don't think we have any. F- feedback you guys feel free to hit us with any of those questions comments rude remarks um tell us about any awesome things you've tried recently you can gloat about a super rare beer you got to try and tell us what you thought about it Uh, if you go to a festival or something let us know all the awesome things you had what it was like if you got to talk to any distributors or brewers or anything like that because they do show up to those kinds of events yes um, especially if you went to Great American Beer Fest. Yes, uh, <laughs> we would love that's, to hear. That's kind of what I'm, I'm hinting at. Yeah. If any of our, if any listeners got to be in the general vicinity, I know there was just a mass amount of parties happening at every brewery in Denver surrounding that. So if you even went to one of those, let us know what was happening because I know every brewery in Denver was tapping the most spectacular beers that they've ever made yeah. during that. All Super right. jelly. Um. Well, then we just want to get into it. Yeah, yeah get into it. to talk about what we're drinking. Um, <laughs> speaking of conferences, I was just going to say, since this is a homebrew episode and we were talking about conferences, uh, June 15th through the 17th in Minneapolis in 2017 is the uh, homebrew con. So oh, mark your calendars okay. if you're interested in going. Oh, cool. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to that, look up that, that and post it somewhere. Yeah, that would be nice, but I'm pretty sure that's too close to Nertacular for me to be able to swing two trips. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, crap. Nerdtaculars at the end of June. Oh, yeah. That's our big, that'll be our big thing for the year, I think. So. Drink with me, friend. Uh, yeah, so 
I got a beer for the badge. <laughs> Technically, Chris brought a six pack of this. It's the Somehow. first time I had seen it around. It, like, we haven't seen it. Anywhere. I was stalking a local pumpkin beer. Well, it's a pumpkin spice beer because, the, as we looked at the categories earlier, we found out those are two separate categories uh, that were in Great American Beer Fest. There is uh, pumpkin spice beer and just pumpkin like the gourd, like a like a yam kind of yeah, style like too. yam beers. But yeah, this I was out looking for a local one that's no longer going to be canned moving forward, so I had to try and find a six-pack, which led me to a journey to every liquor store in the area where I did happen to find, like, one or two six-packs. So, yeah. hooray, beer! <laughs> so, he, so he wandered around on his beer walkabout. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Um, so yeah, he found Lagunitas Tuberfest, but that's not what it's called. Um, it's, no, it's Tuberfest, but the badge is, ugh, ugh Tuberfest. Tuberfest. With a like a drunk dog with a monocle, um, it's uh, it's a American. fedora. Yeah, that's true. The the, the German style. Is it a fedora? Is what's the German hat called? Is it fedora? I don't think. It's yeah, a, it's is it's it? just a fedora. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so um, yeah, so it's been very hard to find um, for us. So this is the Meritzen style beer. Um, the highest ABV, which I was I was commenting to them earlier, of any Meritzen style I've ever seen, where which is seven and a half percent, and mm. The uh, IBUs is only 45, which that's to be expected. But the uh, so the rate beer score, I've got an, an 81 for the overall and a 99 for the style. Mm. Um, I don't think that's too far off. Uh, now this is their 2016. Um, I guess they're you know they have different. They're counting the different variations and stuff. They even which is crazy. They even have a uh, when I was checking in a pumpkin spice version of this Meritzen. Which is crazy. Mm. I definitely haven't seen that anywhere. But um, it's pretty good. Uh, I did get... I guess it's a, a Meritzen thing. Like after the uh, the Meritzen Bowl. The, that metallic kind of taste. Uh, I got a little bit of that. But there's also a, a, a slight amount of smoke. There's like no. a... No Campbell's soup. Tomato soup. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't quite that taste. Um, which is nice. <laughs> Uh, but it, um, there's a, just a hint, like, it's not the same amount of, like, uh, background smoky taste as in the, the Victory Fest beer, but it is there. Mm. And, um, I, I just think, I think it's a very good Meritzen style. It's a, it's very tasty. Um, I think we managed to get you both a bottle. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you, oh, yeah. Yeah. got one anybody in the fridge right now. Oh, okay. Anybody out there, if you can find it, grab it. Um, there is still the badge for un- Untapped, and oh gosh, I forgot when that badge ends. Now it's up like the beginning of November, so you've got like okay. a week. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, obviously, grab it for the badge if you can find it. But it is a very tasty, very good example of, I would say, I would say the craft example of a Meritzen, like a good example of what that's supposed to be. The American, yeah. Version. So. Um, but yeah, it's. I was pleasantly surprised because um, we haven't really had a ton from Lagunitas either, so I, I was pretty happy about it. All right, uh, uh, all right. awesome. Well, uh, I've gone through two beers in this episode, <laughs> but we're going to talk about the one that I haven't drank on the show before. At least I'm like eighty percent sure I haven't drank this on the show before. Uh, excuse me. Um, midway through the show. Uh, a beer had gotten just cold enough that I could pull it out of the refrigerator. Uh, and I picked up uh, the Expedition Stout from Bell's. 
the Russian Imperial Stout uh, coming in at 10.5% ABV and a uh, IBUs of 78. Has a rate beer score of 100. Wow. Both style and overall. I don't think I realized that that was a Russian Imperial for some reason. That's... Uh, like I, I, part of me, I think had forgotten it was, and I took that first drink and I was like, oh, it's good, but I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I just, we see so few actual 100s yeah. that mm-hmm. can at least come across for us on rate beer because there's, it's just so hesitant. Like they don't just hand out 100s on there. <laughs> so but it's really nice. It's, it's got a little bit of that earthy taste, not quite to dirt, <laughs> but <laughs> It is. It is like like earth. It is like a nice earthy taste, but it's also got some uh, some good chocolate flavor in there too. Mm. Uh, plus, like there's a nice little little sweetness at the beginning, and then you get some of that nice bitterness at the end, which is you know the seventy eight IBU <laughs> kicking in, I guess. But huh. you can smell a little bit of the sweetness on this thing. Like it's it's really nice. It's probably not. Eighteen dollars for a six pack, nice. But mm, no. <laughs> you know, now I'm being an old cheap man. <laughs> but now, so you're one stout away from getting the first badge. <laughs> yeah, one down, only one more to go. Three to go for both badges. For both badges, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to mention, you've got a fridge full of stouts now as well to get you started into the season. <laughs> mm. It's always stout season. It's always stout season in my fridge, as the picture I tweeted out earlier uh, will justify. <laughs> but I swung the exact opposite direction. Uh, I don't know. I think you're still in the imperial category, right? Oh, yes. It's in still, the hardcore land. Yeah, I'm in the imperial category. Um, this was another one I dropped off for you all to have. And me and Casey were almost drinking the same beer. We almost showed up to the party wearing the same thing. <laughs> But he let me. We, we communicated before. So one of you, one of you decided to change your blouse before before the show started. We did. We both look pretty now. <laughs> but uh, that is the unsessionable. Uh, it's the unsessionable Imperial IPA from Revolution Brewing. Uh, that is an Imperial IPA at ten percent ABV and a hundred IBUs, which is oh. the number to look at. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I I was not prepared. I was did, I was expecting that and storm rage just drop down on your taste buds. Pretty much, no. <laughs> taking a big swig of this thing is like someone taking a football sized hop cone that is just soaking wet and slapping you in the mouth with it. It so how, how sessionable would you would you classify this beer? How what? How sessionable would you say that this beer beer is? How un un as in it was a struggle to get through a single session, a, a single one like that. <laughs> so oh. so not a fan. I've got some more in the fridge. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared. So, that's a no. That's you. You, you slip each, it to unsuspecting friends. You each have one. Uh, you will get to experience it. Make sure it's good and cold. Good and cold. Good you don't want that warm. This may this may be get some the nice first. spicy food. In. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it'll override anything else. You're, oh. This may be the first canned beer that you may be able to throw in your cellar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Throw it in there and forget about it, maybe. 
That is right. Oh God. Yeah, maybe maybe in a couple of years that'll that'll drop down to a point where I'm like, hmm, that's nice. Uh, uh, that was a bit more. I and think about that. Uh, the rate beer was ninety four. I can see it. Like if you're a serious hophead, then this is what you're turning to. I am not a serious hophead, so it was a bit much for me. Speaking of of you know the the our growing taste for uh, IPAs, this unsessionable, you know as the exception, I guess. Uh, the other day I was at uh, a local restaurant here in Lexington, uh, Bourbon in Toulouse, eating some, uh, some, uh, chicken etouffee and like, Oh yeah, I'll grab a beer. And I grab, like immediately just grabbed a West sixth IPA and I'm drinking that while eating this food. And I'm like, I checked into untapped going, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> what have I become? Oh, that yes. said, that did pair yes. really well with a nice spicy, Spicy thing. I think uh, Nick, uh, one of the people that on untapped, yeah, like just checked in, going one of us, one <laughs> of us. Yeah, I'll right. see you going that direction. <sighs> All right, Casey. So, what did you change into so that we both looked pretty at the ball? <laughs> oh, I went real sessionable. So you all went up there with the high end, you know, like a seven point five Marzen and a. Couple ten percenters. I went in like five point eight black lager Schwarz beer. Um, this was one of the breweries I went to. So you know, like I do, I'm on the road for work. I can't, I can't hear Schwartz beer without thinking of uh, Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> yes, Schwartz. Yeah. The Schwartz be with you. So Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the, the, no, no, no. This was one of those breweries that I went to a few weeks ago um, in Alabama, uh, Huntsville. Huntsville, Alabama, I think. Yes, Huntsville. And so um, there was a row of breweries. So Alabama a few years ago was one of the last brewery or one of the last states to allow home brewing. Um, They have some really old, neglected beer laws. And so the the brewing scene that's there is just now really taking off. So I don't think those are the only old, neglected laws. In, uh, in Alabama, <laughs> but, well, yeah. dry counties where we're from. Mm-hmm. True, but, but at there up until about two years ago, homebrewing was still illegal. Yeah. So there were um, the the brewery that this one comes from. It's the Midnight Special Black Lager from Yellowhammer Brewing. It's only been around since 2010. Um, those guys, I'm sure, were brewing in a um, in the closet at that point. You know, <laughs> it was still illegal when they started brewing. I'm sure. So, yeah. You open up a brewery and they say, where'd your recipes come from? Oh, we just started them as soon as we opened our brewery. That, yeah. you know, that doesn't happen. They turn around, they turn around like they're, they're, they're brewing in, in the back of some barn or something. Look out, quick, it's the revenuers. Dump the batch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the sort of Wild West that you kind of you know, look at and see. But uh, these guys, uh, the coolest thing about them is the fact that they have moved into this new facility where there are three breweries right there, right beside each other. Um, I remember this one, Yellowhammer was one, um, and so was uh, Straight to Ale Brewing. And so those were some of the earliest ones that started up. The coolest thing about them is the facility that they're in is an old middle school, like an old-style middle school, probably 30 years old. It's been It was shut down, and these guys came in and started to put bars and breweries in. Like the... Uh, the high ceilings of the the gym. So the high ceilings of the gym made a perfect environment to have all their high beer fermenters in there. 
So it was just perfect. So you're sitting at the bar, you're looking in the gym, you see all the fermenters, all the classrooms ended up being like little video game rooms or storage rooms or something like that. So it was just really cool. Uh, but this bit midnight special black lager, delicious, wonderfully sessionable. You could sit down and do like 30 of these and, and not even fill it. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, but it, oh, it's such a good beer. Mm. Such good. So clean. And they are finally started putting it in bottles all the time. So good stuff. I don't think I've really gotten into the black lager movement until like recently, like trying any of those since the, uh, uh, new Belgium, I think has put out their 16, whatever. Oh yeah. 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 Their black lager. That was pretty good. That. So like, I'm, curious to try something like one of the, one of these yeah we'll, we'll get you some because they're it's good stuff okay we could if i had brought the right yeast i, I got the uh i got ale yeast for the house this past weekend so <laughs> the libyans <laughs> i got l yeast so if i got lager yeast we could have done one of these but i got l yeast instead yeah that just means the next one that's right yeah all right. Well, I think that does it for what we're drinking, unless there's someone else in the show we don't know about. <laughs> no, no, there's <laughs> no one's hiding that we know of. If you're hiding, please come out. The no one came out. I think we're good. The neighbors thumped upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> um, we have a quick announcement. Uh, this is still, even though the date is approaching, it's kind of a pre-planning thing. Um, we have been invited... This will be more for the local people around Cincinnati that could make it, or you could download this episode of their podcast. Um, Cincy Brewcast, it's the local podcast for all the breweries here in Cincinnati. They do live every week from a different brewery. And with the way breweries have been opening in Cincinnati, they've been live from a new brewery every weekend. It's been kind of crazy. But you all may know we have a certain... uh, Affinity for our local Braxton Brewing Company here in Never Covington. Heard of <laughs> but uh, Cincy Brewcast is going to be doing a live episode from Braxton on November 5th, and they have invited us to come on and promote our show and talk with them a little bit. So if you're in the Cincinnati area, uh, we'd love for you all to come by and hang out with us and see us be able to be part of a live show that's not our own podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it'll it'll be just for a few minutes, and and so he's invited us to go. So we don't know every detail of everything as far as we're concerned goes, but the event should be good. It's actually a benefit for um, one of the members of Cincy Brewcast who passed passed away recently. Yeah, um, uh, he passed suddenly of a stroke last month, and uh, a bunch of the brewers in the area are coming together, and they created a. It's going to be a Czech Pilsner. It was his favorite type of beer. That they're going to be tapping uh, that night. I don't know how long it'll, you know, if it's going to continue to be available yeah. or what's going on, but they're going to be raffling off some uh, awesome swag bags uh, full of local Cincy Brewers gear. So it's going to be all like, kinds of stuff like that. I feel going. like we're we're exempt from getting swag. I think. Well, I mean, you can buy tickets or however they're doing it. Yeah, whatever the uh, raffle is, probably. It's getting, there's raffles, and I think there's going to be some silent auctions and some things like that. Just saying, all if the... I threw in money for this raffle, I would like give my thing away, because it would feel weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could give it away on our show. <laughs> but uh, mm. all the proceeds are going to his favorite charities, because Mike was, he was a very charitable person. He had some charities near and dear to his heart that they... Uh, 
advertised for weekly on their show and still do. So all the money's going to that, and that's going to be a great thing. Yeah, like the doghouse, uh, or what is it, the, the Brew dog house. bones? Brewhouse Brew dog house bones. Dog oh, bones. Yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. I said doghouse is a PC building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Immediately, it was like doghouse <laughs> systems. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's such a great idea because it puts people to work that um, wouldn't be able to work otherwise, and it, it all the proceeds go back. So, I mean, the, they have some really great causes. Oh, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. recycling of the spent grains and all that. Yeah, like, so it, it's it, an awesome Very beer-related. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to getting to go up and, uh, you know, be a part of this. It's something that should be, should be a good time. Yeah. Hopefully it's going to be all four of us. Up for that? Um, yeah, we hope you guys can join us there in the tap room. Don't know how long we'll be on their show, but hey, we're going to be hanging around the tap room most of that evening. So because Braxton, because Braxton, <laughs> yeah, that's what he invited us, and it's like, yes, we will come because it's like two we're going to be away. there anyway. Yeah, yeah we'd probably <laughs> we be there. Probably no been there, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that should be. So look for that. Um, I don't. They post theirs pretty quickly. I, I, like I think theirs is just like a live thing, and then it's there. So I imagine that'll be quite soon afterward. And it actually works out. I was looking at the calendar. That's an off week for us anyway, like in between our normal recordings. Sweet. So it kind of works out. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, anybody, is, that, is that it for the announcements? Anybody have anything else? I think so right now. Well, okay. uh, we could go ahead and since it's brand new today, Casey, why don't you go ahead and plug your uh, Twitch channel now? Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, Mort Chateau, and uh, that'll be linked up in the, the show notes, I'm sure, because yep. it's spelled a little bit differently. But I'm going to be trying to brew at least once a week and then try to get a couple other planning sessions in there. Very cool. And um, thank you for coming on the show for our third installment for the home brewing thing. Um, Homebrew three. Homebrew brew three. harder. I was really trying. <laughs> so much fun like, to come on here. I love it. <laughs> I was trying to Google the uh, the Die Hard titles. They, they aren't <laughs> that. Just, die Hard Die Hard or Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, live Free or Die Hard. Live Free hard. and Die Hard. And yeah. I didn't remember the last one because it's forgettable. Right. It is. Um, uh, oh, it's... Oh, never mind. When something gets past, like, three movies, I, I, I'm i just like, which one is that again? I don't know. So um, I just remember it was the one where they're in Russia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but no it's thank gonna you. It's going to be Homebrew 4, the one where we beat Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Um, but thanks for coming on and, and always educating us on how all of this works. How dumb, how <laughs> dumb we all are about beer. Yeah. Despite <laughs> of having done a podcast for a year now about beer. We've learned a considerable amount, but there's still, like, as soon as you start talking about yeast and stuff, I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> he, said, he said phenols, and then I just kind of spaced out for an hour. <laughs> it's gone. Um, yeah, and that's where going to some of these conventions and making sure that, like, just listening to some of the stuff. So even if you can't make it to the uh, the brewing convention every year, if you're a home brewing club member, and I always like to plug them because of what everything they do. Uh, whenever I went down here to um, Yellowhammer Brewing and to some of those guys, I was able to show my home brewers membership card and get special deals down through there. Oh, yeah, because, like, you get crazy deals. Like, they also give you deals if you're a home brewer thing for – I think, isn't it buying supplies at BeerWorks give you a discount too? Yeah, and so I get 10% off usually when I buy my homebrew supplies. Um, if you go, so not the one in North Carolina, but the one that's in California or out over out the West Coast, if you go to Sierra Nevada Brewing Company and show your homebrewer's ID, homebrew club ID, they give you a free flight of beer. So there are some, some great things that you can get with that membership that you know you wouldn't even 
even if you didn't brew, you would still use them. Hmm. All right. Um, so I think that does it for us this week. Uh, check us out, haveadrinkshow.com. We will be updating, actually, our uh, resources page, getting some more links on there. Um, so look look for that soon also. Uh, you can find our respective untapped profiles there. In addition to the, so- the show's social media links, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, send some feedback about the show episodes. Uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, and you can also use the feedback page on the website. And as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. You can find links to their stuff on the episodes page on the site. And uh, please remember to subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher, uh, and please rate us on iTunes. Uh, it's it's a good way to help get the word out. I mean, that's the thing I said last time. You can go out in the street and wear a sandwich sign, say <laughs> have a drink show, but not quite the same. Know. <laughs> not the same Doesn't impact. It turns out. Same. <laughs> right. Uh, links to links to subscribe can be found on the site. All right. So check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.